That's a sports ball. Sports Com- ball. Coming to you from the Sports Ball Studios. You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your host, Watucky and Hoffman. How are you doing today, Watucky? I'm doing fantastic, Hoffman. It's a day of celebration. It is a day of celebration. It's uh, uh, four days after the celebration of some sort. Actually, it's been quite a sports weekend, hasn't it? We've had been. plenty of NCAA basketball, tournament basketball, which has been a lot of fun to follow. All kinds of crazy free agency news in the nfl we had the world baseball classic i know i'm kind of spoiling uh, all the stuff and previewing what we're about to talk about you had some questions that you wanted to ask me about my expertise and all this stuff and i'm gonna let you just go ahead and oh, shoot geez. your shots with Tucky, and i'll go ahead that. and answer whatever i feel like a real like uh, I'm, I'm huge or something like a that. Real, like I'm a real like Bill Simonson. Is what you sound like. I do. Oh my god. Okay. I'm, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't insult immediately. You like that. Stop right now. Good lord. But okay. the biggest news that probably makes most Detroit fans happy: Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC North. That is true. That Off is to true. the Jets. Well, it's not official, official because they still have to seal the deal with uh, you know the Jets between the Jets and Green Bay. They have to figure out what he's worth and how much they want and all that stuff. So there's a lot of minimal stuff here. Yeah. But I want to take you all the way back, way, 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 way back to January. Remember when Zach Wilson was the starting quarterback for the Jets? I I do. And then then he got benched. Then he said, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day, referring to if the Jets sign a quarterback, in free agency. Careful what you wish for, Zach. Yeah. So, Aaron Rodgers is my least favorite athlete of all time. It's This is, it. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. No, probably, yeah, because I was going to say Reggie Miller, but no, I, I probably Aaron Rodgers. I would Rogers. put him before Reggie Miller, yeah. I would put him before Reggie Miller. And I was going to say, well, just least favorite football player of all time. He is definitively my least favorite athlete of all time, but Zach Wilson, buddy, yeah, yeah you're going to eat those words. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't think, I mean, maybe he's just going to make him like his worst coffee every morning. Well, he's also said a lot of stupid stuff. Through, he's also made a lot of dumb mistakes throughout the season. Zach he's Wilson a guy has, that like so... even the guys in the locker room don't like, so yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. When we've chosen Mike White over Garrett, Zach Wilson, then, you know, we've... <laughs> but, I mean, there's going to be... Zach Wilson is likable. And... He was... What... <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think Mike White? Was... No, no, Zach Wilson. Oh, I'm Wilson. sorry. I accidentally I said Zach he's... Wilson. I, I don't I think he's likable. I don't think his teammates liked him. No, you're right. I, I misspoke. I, I, I meant Mike White is likable. Oh, yeah. Mike Mike White yeah. is, is definitely likable. He's liked by his, the teammates and stuff, but... Um, Zach Wilson is is not, not and all. so and then you're bringing in a guy who's generally not liked by the public, 
with the exception of now mm-hmm. Jets fans and Packer fans. And so it's just like a fight between two people you don't like. Yeah. And I think I'm going to enjoy how this season plays out for both of them. I was talking to Katie Wirtz, and she was like, I just, she's like, just shut up. I just want him done. I just want him gone already. Like, I, I don't, I, I got to feel that that's, you know? how, I, I, gotta, I feel like that's how most Packer fans have to feel that's by probably now. probably the sentiment. Because yeah, exactly. he's just embarrassed the organization for the last two years. I agree. Which is a, a strange feeling to have because I remember when, when Barry was holding out his last couple of years and it was, I mean, he was beloved, but he didn't win. He, like, he didn't bring us a Super Bowl or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But even then, you, you wanted, we wanted to hold on to Barry as much as possible. We didn't want to see him play for another team or anything. No, like that. we didn't want anything like that. But um, that'd have been heartbreaking. That would I mean, he was like the franchise because they weren't yeah. going anywhere. But it was just watching him every Sunday. He was all we had going for us. But as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, they they don't care if he retires or goes to another team. I think they just want him. Just want to be done with yeah, him. Just want to be done talking about him. Sticking in football, though, the Lions. Picking up some big-time additions, beefing up that secondary. What yep. are your thoughts on that, Hoffman? Do you think this is the year we make a deep run in the playoffs? Are you drinking the Kool-Aid yet? I think I am. I mean, these are big-name signings. When was the last time they went out and they got legitimate players in free agency? It's been a long time. So like, I, I think this is a result of, you know, having a new GM and new ownership and, well, not new ownership, but a new GM and just a new direction and feeling hopeful after probably the most successful season we've had in years. In years. That that finish, what was it, 9-1 and one they went the last yeah, 10 yeah. games? So you nope. go 9-1, and one, and this brings me to something else. That team had this massive turnaround, and who would you say is the guy in the locker room that kind of embodies that team? Dan Campbell. Ah, other a player. Oh. He's a player. I'm Craig looking Gunn. for a specific name. Well, I'd Who's say Jamal like, Charles or Jamal, Jamal Charles. Jamal <laughs> Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. That yeah. was my thought too. That's that the fans seemed to feed off of his energy. Mm-hmm. He was he was kind of like the heartbeat of that team. I think so. And they yeah. went out and they signed David Montgomery, great running back. Uh, is it David Montgomery or Jordan Montgomery? Uh, David Montgomery. Okay, I thought it was Jordan Montgomery. Out of uh, Chicago. Regardless, they went out and they signed him, and what that does is that that basically slams the door on Jamal Williams coming back. Jamal Williams signs a three-year deal with the Saints. And now now my concern is, I guess, what does that do for the chemistry in the locker room? You know, you couple well, that with all the other names on defense coming in. Now, the defense on the back end needed it. So I'm not, that doesn't bother me. I don't think you're going to ruin it, upset the apple cart there. But I worry that too many new faces might upset the chemistry that they really had going towards the end of the season. I could get behind that. I, I feel like there's always like culture issues in the Lions organization and they don't talk about it. And I mean, no football organization really talks about those chemistry organizations behind the, have those chemistry issues in, as an organization behind the scenes, just as a matter of, you know, professionalism and stuff. The players openly talk about it all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, like Darius Slay, when he left a couple of years ago, Eric Ebron, Titus Young, all these guys openly bashed Detroit after they, they left, and it was all because of culture issues. To me, I just, I'm 
I don't know where the getting rid of Jamal Charles thing comes from. And Jamal Williams. I am <laughs> having a day with names. I really need to be drinking some alcohol. This the coffee is not doing anything for me today. <laughs> as far as far as Jamal goes. <laughs> you just leave it at Jamal. Just leave it at Jamal. <laughs> You're like, I am I am going through pain listening to you struggle <laughs> through everybody's name. And by the way, I looked it up. Yeah, you're right. It was it's was David right. Montgomery. Not Jordan it's Montgomery's right. a pitcher for the Yankees. Yeah. So I'm well, all this is, over the place. Do you remember during COVID we went through that whole <sighs> thing where we had a uh, listing off best Pirates players, and I listed that one guy that was going to be my true. catcher, and he was like a center fielder back in the twenties, and I just slaughtered it. And now I've done it this like is, three or four times in a row. This yeah, whole so show. This so. kind of evens all that out. But. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so just on as a, a culture thing alone, Jamal Williams was that guy. He was the cheerleader. He was he was peppy and like everybody, everybody loved him. I loved his attitude. I loved watching him his, come out on the his field. Positivity his was positivity was infectious. Was unbelievable. I loved watching him and just like he was Mister Detroit. Like even when we were losing, he was he was coming in and like hyping people up and stuff. I feel like he's a big reason for why we went nine and one. That's like he was one of the only culture. people believing. You know? I believe he bought into what Dan Campbell was trying to do. Yeah, and when he bought in, so did the rest of the team. I agree. So I'm I'm curious as to like why is he not one of the pieces being brought back? Now I know that it's a it's there's a lot of turnover in football, you know, and you you get to there's a certain age, and they they start thinking, oh well. <sighs> He's 27 or he's 28. Was it's time to move on, especially from a running back. And I just didn't feel that. Like he was, the guy made plays every time he was. It was, was on a the career field. year. He broke Barry Sanders' yeah. single season touchdown record. The guy had thousand yard rusher broke like, broke Sanders' touchdown record for a single season. Like, why are we shop? Or why are, why are we shop? Why aren't we re-signing this guy? And my if it's only a, theory, if it's money. I think maybe he's one of the guys you just kind of bite the bullet on and pay him. Yeah, yeah and pay him. That's how I. That's how I feel because I don't feel like he's going to burn you, you know, and and not perform the following year. Yeah, or, and you, you never know. But like, did you really feel like David Montgomery was such a that was such a big ad? Like, I don't get it because the only reason you might have thought that is because he burned you in years past when he wasn't injured. Well, yet everybody smoked us That's the true. last couple of years, uh, like, well, especially the running games. I'll give you that point, Hoffman, but he is a legitimate running back one. He is. He so is. I think I what I think it is, that I, my personal feeling is that talent-wise, it's a wash. I don't think you gained anything that drastically You just made a lateral significant. move. I think you, yeah, I think you just made a lateral right. move. Well, I think the the... Only slight to that is I, I believe Montgomery is younger than Williams. I think he's a little bit young. I you can we can fact check that, but I think that fact Montgomery check. is a is a little bit younger than Williams, and that's probably why, um, why he was signed instead. That's fair. Did you catch any of that World Baseball Classic at all, Hoffman? Caught a little bit of it last night. I was actually hanging out with Wirtz you know, when we were we were watching it, and it was a back and forth game. But we were in a tight race ourselves. We were. We were um, 
at Bar Trivia last night and uh, taken third place. We were we zeroed out and lost all our points two rounds in a row, and then we just fought back and climbed back, and we had like hardly anybody on our team, but we fought back, and Wirtz and I, and and we we were just happy to play last off night. Kneecaps and biting off kneecaps wherever we could. It was like it was very reminiscent of a nine and one comeback, like uh, like just short of the playoffs, Lions finish. I felt like uh, <laughs> I felt like I just I, missed the playoffs. I felt like Jamal Montgomery. I really did. I felt like a uh, you know. Oh, good. I won't have to edit all those felt, names slaughtering like, out because you just wrapped it all together. Like you brought like, it all back around. Felt Thank like you. Uh, Jordan Williams, if you will. You know, real David, David Jamal Montgomery, <sighs> Caleb Williams. So yeah, all of them. All those guys. Anyways, yeah, I caught a little bit of it. Very exciting game. Everybody was waiting for the showdown between Otani and Trout, and it did not disappoint. Now, and I had heard there was a player, and I don't, I forget his name, that said, you know, these are everybody's representing their own country. This is what the real World Series is, mm. not the World Series in Major League Baseball. I could get behind that. I can get behind that. And everybody says, yes, clearly that's that's the case, simply because of everybody represents their country of players from all over the world. But when you look at what drew everybody into this, it's like you said, that match or that showdown at the end, everybody's waiting for that Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. You don't get that if there isn't, if Major League Baseball isn't what it is, if they're not on the same team, well, if they don't. The Angels have to come close to a you don't uh, even a sp- playoff. You know, <laughs> even a playoff spot. So, yeah, we're probably not going to see that, right? Unfortunately, but, but that's, no, I agree. I agree. I know where you're coming from, and I, that is, it does kind of feel like that's the real it, world series, right? Yeah, yeah. It, this 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 is awesome for the game of baseball, mm-hmm. but it also needs Major League Baseball. Like, it still piggybacks off of Major League Baseball. Right. This couldn't stand alone and draw what it draws. It draws what it draws because of Major League Baseball and the stars in Major League Baseball and how you get to see the matchups that you wouldn't usually see. Yeah. Baseball uh, is my personal opinion on that. No, you're right. And baseball is already huge in in Japan. Japan. Yeah, I'm huge in Japan too, Hoffman. <laughs> this just made it even even more just like for Japanese baseball fans, I think it, this was a defining moment for them. A milestone like, moment. Like, a hey, milestone. we beat you at your national pastime right, right. that you... I, I don't know if we turned them on to it, but I feel like maybe that's kind of the, the case. Right, right. Well, and also, he was snubbed for MVP. You know? Yeah, Otani that's was snubbed true. for MVP. So, you, so this there's, is kind of like a sticking it to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know... Yeah. Moving on, Hoffman. Or did you want to opine on that some more? No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to finish up with a little bit talking about the big thing that happens in March every year, uh, the the March Madness Tournament. Yes. Um, It's a beautiful thing. I enjoy enjoy it because you get to see teams that you wouldn't typically see have a shot at a national championship. In college football, Teams that are not Power 5 teams have absolutely no chance of ever winning a national title. Ever. Here you have teams that when the tournament starts, everybody's equal. Teams like Fairleigh Dickinson. Teams like (laughs) Princeton beating Arizona State. Mm -hmm. 
teams, you know, admit, and then there's mid-major team. Or I'm sorry, the Power Five teams though that that don't make it. Teams like North Carolina that don't make the tournament. Teams like Michigan that don't make the tournament that are blue blood programs. Maybe not so much Michigan, but certainly North Carolina. Right. Now that said, Hoffman, those teams that didn't make the tournament, a team that's a blue blood program such as the Tar Heels, come out with a statement declining an invite to the NIT, the National Invitational Tournament, which is seen in the general public as, as like a runner-up trophy. Sure. If you win, it's it's just a big consolation prize. You're you're not going to win a national championship playing in that tournament. Now, contrast. I'd like to contrast that though to Juwan, what Juwan Howard had said about this, about his inv- his team's invite to the NIT. Yeah. Uh, Coach Howard said, "Quote: We're not going to act like we're entitled. We're not going to act like it's beneath us. We have a young team that is growing in so many areas. We got chosen for the NIT." We respect the opportunity, we appreciate it, and we're going to go out there and play. Not only will it help us on the court, but it's a great life lesson. Now, I've come on this podcast very critical of Juwan Howard and the job he's done at Michigan. Yeah. A lot of the off the court, well, I guess when he took a swing at that Wisconsin assistant coach that was technically on the court, but a lot of issues that aren't necessarily game-related. Right. Um, have kind of surrounded his tenure. But I think his approach to an NIT invitation, as opposed to North Carolina's approach, where they decline it because their goal was, which which was so was Michigan's, was the actual big dance. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina kind of looks at it as, well, this is beneath us. We're North Carolina. It's the big dance or nothing. Yeah. Michigan could easily have that approach. Everyone talks always about how Michigan is an arrogant school. Um, but I think it's refreshing from Howard to, to put out a statement such as that. I think you're right. I think there is validation there. and I, I think Jawan Howard feels like he's probably got something to prove. And uh, I'm sure this the end of the season certainly leaves a bad taste in his mouth. And it wouldn't be a good look to uh, to deny an invitation to the you know to, to the, the invitational. I mean, it just that's you're. What have you got to lose? You know. Well, seriously, well, what has he got to lose by being in the? I, and I feel like North Carolina. I'm not sure where they're coming from or what they're they're saying behind closed doors. Um. I don't know that that's necessarily the take I would take. You're still a school, and don't you want to, you know, don't you want to offer all you can, every opportunity you can for for your students and for, you know, for your student athletes. I feel like that's that would be the approach I would take. I you know whether it's a consolation prize or not. I don't care. I was you still, you're. Opening opening up an opportunity for your student athletes to be seen by more eyes. That's a good way of putting it, Hoffman. And, that, and that's, that's you know, and you're playing competitive games. Yeah, there are other big time schools in that tournament, mm-hmm. and you're playing against them, and that's more competition. I found it interesting in in North Carolina statement they had said that they are going to that not playing in this gives them time to prepare and focus for next season 
and and prep and work for that. And I find that interesting because you are not playing any competition at that point. You're just basically having open practices if that's what you're doing. Sure. You know, there maybe scrimmages, but it's not it's I'm, not the same. I'm sure they don't feel the same pressure that Jawan Howard and the University of Michigan basketball program does. And that's, you know, Michigan's basketball, Michigan's sports programs are always, their basketball and their football programs are always, 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 it feels like perpetually on the hot seat, you know? It's always, what have you done for me lately? Who's the, what, what, what's, what has our alumni done for us? Is it time to get another alum in here to coach the team? And it, their coaches are always, it's never like, their job is never safe is what I feel like. You know, the days of your of having a long tenure at a school at a school like Michigan just seems to be over. And as much as I like Jim Harbaugh and Jawan Howard and feel like they should be or just you should ensure that their jobs are safe as a as an athletic program and, and say, look, you guys are I mean, your your household names on your own. Maybe that's wrong, but at least in Michigan, I think they're household oh, names. Easily, um, you know, we're going to keep you for as long as you want the job. All right. Now, there's a little bit of a, but it's it, today. It's it's a different culture. They're they're not they're not as in bed with each other as as they used to be. Or like Lloyd Carr was there for a long time. Bo Schembechler there forever tom Izzo, i think still has this kind of like grandfathered in he's gonna tom. be he's gonna be the the head coach for michigan state basketball for as long as he wants to be there as i say he dictates what happens right. in that exactly. athletics and, and that's kind of what what a a college coach is that was that's kind of what the thing and i think Izzo is the last of that breed if you will i don't know if they're Maybe I think he is the longest tenured right now, as far as college basketball goes. I think he is the longest tenured with a single school. After Bayheim retired, I think it fell to him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's kind of the last rock star in in college basketball, I think. And and look what he's doing in this tournament. I mean, he's got a lot of guys that will not see the NBA a ton on this team. Like, I don't know if there's anybody really on this team that's NFL draft worthy, but he's got them in the Sweet 16 again. And they had no business being they Marquette had n- this weekend. Absolutely not. They had no business. I did not pick them to get out of the first round. Right. A lot of people didn't pick them to get yeah. out of the first round. Yeah. And here he is. Doing it again. Still dancing. Yeah. And it's exactly. and it's frustrating because the last few seasons, what did they say? He hasn't made the Sweet 16 in three years. Right. Now, granted, one of them was a COVID year, but still that's two tournaments. Doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a lot for a guy like Tom Izzo. Yeah. They were... Going into this tournament on Detroit Radio, they were literally talking about this guy maybe having to step out. Yeah. Maybe the the Tom Izzo, the the Final Fours and stuff, that's all kind of faded past, and he's living off of his name now, and maybe he should kind of think about in the next year or two stepping down. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, if he goes any farther than where he's at right now, what are you, what are you thinking letting him go? I think right. you, you beg him to stay. He just keeps exactly. he just keeps rolling, you yeah. know. Even with no talent, I shouldn't say no talent. That's disrespectful to the players, but with 
definitely, certainly not the caliber of talent he had 10 years ago he was bringing in mm-hmm. on this specific team. He, he is working miracles. Or shooting right five now. years ago. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's working miracles right now I for agree. MSU. Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's even as a Michigan fan, I can respect that. I was just gonna give you hell for it. No, that's... I can respect that because Tom Izzo, I didn't respect Mark D'Antonio because I didn't, I didn't like his character and how he portrayed himself off the field, um, and I didn't think he was there long enough really to warrant like a Tom Izzo status. Tom Izzo has been there forever, mm-hmm. multiple Final Fours, a national championship. He's done it all. Yeah, you know. D'Antonio got a couple of conference, few conference championships, three, I believe. Never made, never got a natty. Um, you know, it's, they're not comparable. But Tom Izzo, on and off the court, is a very respectable person. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, he's. I got nothing. I got nothing but love for the guy. So. Yeah, I agree. That's high praise. High praise coming from a Michigan fan, yeah. from a Blue fan, you know. So that's all I got for this evening, Hoffman. Well, that's good. That's a. It's good talks for sure. That's that definitely went into some territory that I, I didn't expect coming from you. Like the, the uh, um, all the acclaim on Tom Izzo. Uh, it's kind of threw you a curveball there, huh? For sure. Look absolutely. at him even drinking. He's drinking green, uh, can of green beer. <laughs> well, is it just leftover from from the weekend from St. Patty's Day? Is that what it is, or is it your you? That was incidental. It was. Your support, it was very your, incidental. Actually, what it was, it wasn't. support is incidental. It wasn't so. inc- incidental, Hoffman. It was on sale. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> That's our show this week, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the Small Market Podcast. We want to uh, we want to thank our sponsors, um, Curveball Collectibles. That's Mike Wilson. He's out on 166 North Center Road in Saginaw, Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, we love you, Mike. We love your your store. Um, it's been a few weeks since I've been in there, but Kentucky, you were just in there, right? I was just in there dropping off a few cards to get sent into PSA. Yeah. So Mike offers a lot of services such as um, PSA submissions and things like that. And he's um, uh, if you're going to do it with anybody, he's he's the one to do it with. He's very trustworthy and he knows his stuff. It's also just, it's got a great barbershop atmosphere to just go in that shop and you can just talk sports and talk cards and talk the hobby, talk about memorabilia, whatever you want. Talk about life. I was in there with exactly. the guy. I had my, my uniform on. I was working and he was talking to me about, yeah, because he used to work for the same company I did. We just sat there and shot the ship for probably 20 minutes. Nice. It was actually almost kind of annoying because I wanted to look at the cards, but. <laughs> was it Grayson but a great guy. Uh, it's Kevin. Have you that guy? Yeah, yeah, big guy. Yep, yep. 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 It wasn't Grayson. They're I know Grayson. All, yeah, they're all good guys. It's it's just a good place to hang out for yep. sure. So, anyways, um, we want to thank uh, Curveball Collectibles, and we will see you next week with more sports ball. Go Hawks! You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com, or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer. Just going to start saying it from now on. So yeah, go... Go Jamal uh, Montgomery. 
Go XFL. Of the, of the New England Sports Hawks. Right. Go XFL. Go Sports Hawks. <laughs> we'll see you next week.